Hello, my name is Meg. Welcome to the Unedited Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. The goal of this podcast is to help you both develop and enjoy the habit of daily Bible reading and prayer. About 20 years ago, at a very low spot in my life, I was convicted to begin this simple discipline, and I looked up years down the road to see how God had used this habit to heal deep places in my heart and do incredible things in my life. And so over the years, it's really become my greatest passion to help others get to know Jesus through His Word and through His presence. Through this podcast, I'm hoping to help you see the Word of God with fresh eyes, to learn to slow down with your Bible, and ultimately to fall in love with Jesus and to fall in love with your Bible. So thank you so much for joining me today. I am so, so grateful to have you here. Thank you for being here. Super exciting day yesterday, Overflow, The Fine Art of Cultivating Joy and Sorrow, the second book in the unedited collection, launched. And thank you to those who have reached out and have ordered it. I'm really just excited to share this message. It is available on Amazon. Um, You can just search Meg Nahera and Overflow and you should be able to find it. Today, I am going to share a conversation that I actually recorded a while back with Sister Pat Vick on the topic of fasting. As you're aware, the unedited podcast is largely about Bible reading and prayer, but another very, very important spiritual discipline is fasting and something that I've done a couple of episodes on, but she is passionate about it. Uh, She and I have met through the podcast and become friends, and she is a sweet lady. I know that you will be inspired to be more consecrated in the discipline of fasting by the things that she is going to share And so I'm very grateful that she was willing to take time out of her schedule to record this podcast. And here is today's conversation with Sister Pat Vick. So today I have the privilege of interviewing Sister Pat Vick. She and her husband are evangelists out of Tennessee. They previously pastored there. Her husband serves as bishop of their church, and they also serve as the global missions directors in the state of Tennessee. And Sister Vic and I have become uh, connected through the podcast, and she actually has her own podcast called Word Works. You can find that on Spotify. And I heard her do an episode on fasting, and I know that she is working on a project, a future book on the topic of fasting. It's a great passion for her. And um, I have not done any interviews on fasting. I've done only, I think, maybe one episode on fasting. And so really just felt like this is an important topic to cover. This is an important spiritual discipline in our lives. And so we've tried to get this scheduled for a while and finally got it. So got it on the calendar. So thank you so much for being here, um, Sister Pat. I appreciate it. Well, it is just a great honor, really, truly one of the greatest honors Um that has been afforded to me. It's such a blessing to be here on the unedited podcast. Um, You know, your voice has been just a comfort to me over the last year through the podcast and through your book, Unedited. And, um, you know, I will say I'm just remembering how I contacted you uh, via messenger and I just kind of sent a message saying, hey, I admire you and I want to be your friend. Will you text me? And you sent that text and it said, hi, it's Meg. And when I read that text, I I read it in your voice and it was (laughs) such a 
it's just such a blessing to be connected with you. And um, I appreciate this opportunity so much. Oh, well, I'm so grateful to have you here. And I'm I'm so grateful that the podcast has, has been a blessing. That's very humbling. And um, again, just thank you. Thank you. It's so cool how God connects us with, with one another um, in the kingdom. Yes. And so grateful, grateful that you're here. Just to get started, will you share a little bit about your background, your testimony, maybe your family? Sure, sure. Well, I'm, I do. I'm a little awkward talking about myself, but um, I'll give you the highlights. You know, I was um, I was born in East Tennessee to a mother who uh, was not able to care for me. And um, I went through a series of being passed around in children's homes and put into a foster home with a family that loved me very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there for about four years before I was adopted from all the way from East Tennessee to West Tennessee. And, um, you know, those first few years really marked me. I think it started uh, my my uh, relationship, my love-hate relationship with food, um, those early years of not having food. Um, and so that is a lot of the basis of all my of my interest in fasting fasting. Um, but after I was adopted and um, I was in my junior year of high school um, when I met this boy, with these beautiful eyes and he invited me to church. I, up until this point, I had a background of just a plethora of um, denominal churches and experiences, but I had never been uh, exposed to Pentecost, to the apostolic Pentecostal uh, faith. And so um, in order to go on a date with this boy, his family required me to be at church at youth service that week, which I did. And, um, the Lord changed my life, you know, from that moment. We did, end, once we grew up and got married, uh, we did end up pastoring that that little church um, that he had grown up in and that introduced me to the apostolic way. We pastored there for 25 years. Uh, and then just recently, um, the last in the last two years, we have transitioned into evangelizing. So that's where we are now. And um, God has just been so faithful to us. My husband is the global missions director for the state of Tennessee. So that has afforded us the opportunity to work in missions, to go on missions trips. So that's one of our passions. And uh, now we are just, we are traveling. Uh, you know, our kids are grown. I have Three, uh, three kids, two boys and a girl that are grown. I've got four grand boys. They keep us busy when we're home. So that is the that is the foundation of our journey. And so we're traveling now and ministering in whatever way we can, preaching, teaching, speaking at men's and ladies' meetings, doing seminars, and um, just trying to allow God to work through us. That's our story. That's beautiful. You guys have have served in the kingdom for a long time. Thank you for all those years of service. Um, I know you mentioned in that that you feel like your relationship with food goes back to your childhood story. And just what a cool, cool story that from such a broken beginning, you know, where God has brought you that that is so beautiful. 
But how did your passion for fasting develop? Can you share just a little bit about that journey? I can, yes. Um, and, you know, um, I, I have been thinking about this. Um, uh, you know, I am first generation Pentecost. My husband was raised in the church. He is fifth generation and I am first generation. And I say that it matters, I think, because I think sometimes when people are raised in the church, they tend to take things for granted. And um, new converts, on the other hand, are super excited about every new bit of biblical knowledge and every biblical principle that they hear about. And so when I came into the church as a junior in high school, you know, I was voraciously hungry for more and more biblical knowledge. And I couldn't really understand why young people my age weren't as interested. You know, for me, the church and God's word was the best thing going. And I was very excited about it. Um, so, you know, I just started hearing about fasting. It was one of the core principles of this new walk, you know, that I was walking. But once my husband and I were married, we lived in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, and Sister Joy Haney was the scheduled speaker for the Alabama Ladies Conference that year. And we were privileged to be able to go to the um, airport and pick her up with our pastor. And um, I was I was sitting in the back seat with her which was a joy in itself. <laughs> and um, and our pastor said to her, this seems like such a small thing, but it changed my life. Our pastor asked her if she would like to stop for food, for something to eat. And I will never forget the look on her face. And she just said, no, I'm just looking forward to getting alone with God. And to realize that in that moment, she was fasting and that it brought her such joy to be fasting and getting alone with God. And it marked me um, all for all these years later. That was years ago. Um, and then I also read her books, um, When You Pray, When You Fast, and When You Give. And those became really the foundation for my walk with God. They were the first apostolic books that I had read. Um, and so her book on fasting really helped me um, along. So I would say three things. My lifelong struggle over my relationship with food. I was definitely always been a comfort eater, you know, um, and then being first generation apostolic. I think I had that um, that spiritual hunger of that new convert. And then also uh, my interaction with Sister Joy Haney and reading her book on fasting, I would say those three things really created the passion in me okay. for fasting. And so this is not a new thing. This is something that when you came into church as a young, as a teenager, you said what you were in high school, a junior. And so it's been a long time passion of yours, not something that's recently developed. Right. How do you, when it comes to biblically defining, defining fasting, how do you define it? What's your theology regarding fasting? Um, well, I, you know, as far as, um, theology, that's an interesting word, but, you know, fasting, we make it more complicated than it is. You know, the old Testament Hebrew word for fasting, fast is 
sum, which means to cover over, implying to cover over one's mouth and not eat. The New Testament word for fast is nastis, which means to not eat. So in its simply in its most simple form, it's simply to refrain from eating for a certain amount of time. And we do make it we do make it harder than it has to be. And I know that it's become really popular, common for people to um, quote fast social media, unquote, or hobbies or pastimes or distractions. And I, I, I'm not against that. <laughs> we, sh- we definitely do need to pull away from things that distract us from our walk. But when we're talking about fasting, biblical fasting, we're, we're talking about going without all food or some foods for a certain amount of time. And, you know, my theology on fasting really comes from Isaiah 58. And this this passage, this chapter, just really explains to us what fasting is, what it's not, what kind of fasting pleases God, and what kind of fasting does not please God. So, um, you know, sometimes we get the impression that fasting is uh, to strong arm God, to get him to do what we want him to do. But this could not be further than further from the truth. Fasting is, the Bible actually says, to afflict our souls in fasting or to humble our souls. So fasting is basically getting control of our self. You know, everybody has a self. Oh, yes. <laughs> self, yourself. And um, God's not going to control our self for us. That's up to us to do, to implement spiritual disciplines. So, you know, John the Baptist said, I must decrease that he, speaking of Jesus, can increase. And so that's what fasting really is about. And, um, you know, fasting from Isaiah 58, we can find that fasting is powerful. Fasting breaks strongholds. You know, if there are, there are things in families, generational curses, generational spirits that have been in families that families can't seem to get control of, fasting is the answer. Um, because fasting breaks strongholds. It looses the bands of wickedness. It undoes heavy burdens. This is all in Isaiah 58, and it frees the oppressed. And, you know, uh, true Christians, true born-again Christians full of the Holy Ghost can't be possessed, but they can definitely be oppressed. Mm-hmm. Fasting uh, gets control of all of that. It diminishes us and allows God's spirit to reign freely. And I love this one because um, I love this point. Fasting brings compassion. You know, when we go through a season of fasting, if we have done it correctly, then we come out of that season much more compassionate for other people. Um, Also in verse eight, it says it fasting will cause our health to spring forth speedily. So, so many benefits of fasting. And, um, you know, when I was thinking about people in the Bible that have fasted, we have some great examples of fasting from God's word. You know, Moses fasted 40 days twice to receive the Ten Commandments and the tabernacle plan and so many other ceremonial laws that came because of his t- 
time that he pulled away with God fasting. Um, you know, the Jewish people fasted when they were in captivity. They fasted together, not just one of them, but they, they collectively fasted. King David fasted when his baby son was dying. The whole city of Nineveh repented and fasted when, when judgment was knocking at their door. Um, so, you know, Ezra fasted for God's guidance and favor and protection for those being allowed to go back from captivity or rebuild the city of Jerusalem. And then in the New Testament, I mean, there's so many examples that we have in scripture. My One of my favorite in the New Testament is Anna. You know, she was a widow of a great number of years and she spent her days praying and fasting in the temple. And that allowed her to hold the Messiah in her hands and see him with their very own eyes. So there's rewards in fasting. Um, and I think one of the questions here that, and we often get asked is how often, how often should we fast? Like what is the formula, right? And you know, what I am promoting is living a fasted lifestyle, not just a scheduled fast. You know, I spent a lot of years, I spent almost four decades pursuing fasting and, you know, fast. I've, I've been on many fasts, 24 hour fast, three day fast, seven day fast, uh, 21 day fast, eating only suppers. And I did it. And I'm, I did it because the scripture tells us we need to do it. But it was always very difficult, very hard. And when I decided to live a fasted lifestyle, then a whole lot of that struggle went away. And that's what I'm promoting. And I think that this is a principle in scripture, because just like the Old Testament is, um, you know, they lived by the letter of the law out of fear of judgment, right, or punishment. Mm -hmm. But Jesus came and brought a whole new way. And he said, I'm going to put my spirit in you. I'm going to put a whole new heart in you. And you're going to serve me out of love. You're going to serve me. You're going to do the things that they couldn't do in the Old Testament for fear of punishment. You're going to do it out of love. And I think that the same thing can be said about fasting and prayer. We don't just do it because we have to do it. We're commanded to do it. But as we see the day of of the Lord coming, his approaching, coming quicker and quicker, then we need to be drawn into prayer and fasting more and more. And so that's why I have chosen to live in a fasted state most of the time. My experience and your experience is not going to look the same. You know, I know that my fasted lifestyle that I live looks very severe, you know, to some people. Um, to other people who think fasting is only not eating any food and only drinking water, then I look like I'm coming up short, you know, but one person's fasting journey is not going to be the same as someone else's. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I would say that if, if you need a formula, if you need a rule, um, I try to look at, at it this way. Um, if you, I would suggest fasting for a minimum of one meal a week. I, I'm talking about minimum. And that ends up being, that ends up being a tithe 
of your time. Okay. Um, because there are 168 hours in a week. And so if you fast one meal a week, then that is about 16.8 hours of fasting, which ends up being a tithe. That's if you need a rule, <laughs> but it's a whole lot easier to live a fasted lifestyle. So can I just jump in real quick? When you say a fasted lifestyle, describe that for me. What does that look like for you? Just very practical like for me. We are and, not and saying this has to be for anybody else. I'm just curious what that looks like for you. Absolutely not. Every Everyone's fasting journey is going to look different. And this is going to sound severe. I know what it sounds like. Um, but my fa- on my fasting journey on normal days, I fast, uh, I, let me back up. I only eat between 6 p.m. and 10 p.m. That's a four hour eating window, which usually looks like supper and a bedtime snack because I learned I don't like, I don't like going to bed hangry. Um, and so <laughs> it doesn't benefit anybody. Um, that on normal days, I am fasting most days. And I have lived this fasting journey for about two and a half years now. And, you know, we do travel on the weekends. uh, So this allows me to be in a fasted state most of the time. And then I go out to eat when we, you know, on the weekends, I eat steak, I eat desserts, I eat anything that I want to eat. I'm not starving myself. (laughs) I promise you. Okay. So yeah, that I've tried intermittent fasting for a while, um, a few years ago, and I did not do a six to 10 window. I did a much longer window and it was a struggle for me, um, mostly because I was drinking black coffee, just very honestly, um, not to get into this too deeply, but I was like, I need cream and sugar in my coffee. And I could just, I just struggled with it. So, wow. That does sound extreme to me because- (laughs) I'm just not there yet, but I really am impressed and not that you're sharing that to impress anybody. Um, but wow. So a fasted lifestyle versus just like fasting sporadically here or there, that's really what you are, um, encouraging. It just makes it so much easier than that you know, I, I do, it's not going to look the same for everyone and wherever, wherever anyone else is at on their journey, you know, if, if you're fasting a meal a week or a day a week, you know, I think that's probably the most common as far as, um, Christian fasting today is, you know, one meal a, a week or one day a week. And that's perfectly fine. That that's perfectly fine for me. Um, it just was a whole lot easier when I decided to make it a lifestyle rather than scheduling it on a calendar, but it's perfectly fine to do so, you know. Right. And I do understand you're, like I said earlier, you're not saying anybody has to do this. This is just what you have found and right. benefits from, um, we know there are spiritual benefits to fasting, right? It's not only a spiritual command and a spiritual discipline, but like you said, it helps our flesh decrease so that he can increase. It helps amplify the voice of God, drown out all the other voices. What health benefits are there to fasting? Can you talk about that? And maybe if you've experienced some of those or what you know from research? Yeah. 
Um, you know what? Uh, and I, I was going to get into talking about autophagy as well. Um, you know, there are so many benefits and this is besides the scripture of, um, of Isaiah 58, I just, I want to share one scripture. Um, and it is third John verse two, which says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. So this tells me that God wants us to be healthy spiritually, physically, and emotionally. And there are, you know, so many benefits. It Fasting has changed my life in all three um, of these areas, you know, spiritually, I feel like I'm much more connected to the Lord. I feel like I'm much more sensitive to the moving of the spirit. Um, and then, you know, I, I have had dreams. I, it's, I, I felt a deeper anointing, you know, physically, um, there's the obvious, you know, when you, when you enter into any season of fasting, you're probably going to lose weight. You know, I don't fast to lose weight, but I can't say that I'm unhappy with that. It's a byproduct of fasting. Um, but, you know, physically I can breathe better. I can move better. I can sleep better. Um, I've started running now. It's not pretty. It's more like shuffling, dragging, lurching, but I, you know, but it is new and I, it's exciting. Um, I can worship the Lord physically easier. I can get myself up off the ground easier. You know, um, I can play with my grand boys better. I don't get sick as often. And when I do get sick, I get well faster than I did before. And then um, emotionally, you know, I, I feel like I am much more emotionally balanced. And I will say right here that part of part of living a fasted lifestyle, whatever that looks like to you, is eating healthy and clean during your eating window. Right. So it all goes together. It's a lifestyle. Um, you know, I'm much more confident. Um the, I'm confident of the Lord in me and fasting has cons fasting consistently has helped me to get over, <laughs> get over myself <laughs> um, and just allow God to work. And then I've already mentioned, I'm more, more compassionate. When you spend seasons of time in fasting, you're going to be much more compassionate toward other people. So much and there. Um, and I love how you kind of broke that down, how there are spiritual benefits. And obviously we don't fast. I, I love that you said this earlier that we don't fast to strong arm God. Right. And I think that's a lot of times how we've been or, or people perceive fasting. It's like, I'm really gonna fast to change God's mind on a particular thing. It's no, it, it changes us. It and changes us. our flesh so that we can get in line with God's program um, but I love how you just talked about that, how there's, there are spiritual benefits in our lives, physical benefits and emotional benefits. Now you mentioned autophagy. I had heard you on your podcast. Um, and I'll put in a little plug, listen to sister Pat podcast word works. Um, she talked about autophagy and I would love to just hear you share 
about it. it. It's very fascinating. I hadn't heard of this previously. You know, I had not either. And the first place that I heard about autophagy was Dr. Mindy Peltz. Um, she comes at fasting at a, a pure from a purely medical standpoint. And, you know, I will say I'm not a medical person. I'm not giving medical advice. I'm just, you know, reading what the word of God says uh, that fasting will do and doing my own research and seeing what kind of experience that I've had with fasting and sharing it. But Dr. Mindy Peltz is the first one that I heard about autophagy from. And it it just shook my world. I was so excited about it. The word autophagy simply means self-eating. And I, that's, it sounds gross. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so what happens is when a, when your body goes without food for a certain amount of hours, like when there is no food in your body to digest, then your body goes into this process called autophagy. And this is the process where your cells are actually, they're cleaned, they're detoxed, and they're repaired. This is so exciting. This is healing at the cellular level. So, you know, we are exposed to so many chemicals and toxins and pollutants. You don't even have to do anything to be affected by all of this. And one of the reasons, not the only reason, but one of the reasons that um, we stay so sick all of the time, all of these diseases that are in our bodies that we can't get past and can't get healing for um, is because we never take a break from eating. This process only kicks in. Um, there's a discrepancy on exactly how many hours, like whether it's 14 hours, 16 hours, 18 hours, um, but definitely more than a few hours. So, and I love this. Going back to Isaiah 58, I have to read this. Um, it brings this scripture, this verse to life uh, in verse eight. He says, when you fast correctly, then shall thy light break forth as the morning and thine health shall spring forth speedily. So it sheds new light on this. God himself, when he created our bodies, he put this natural process in our bodies and when we fast, when we fast for lengths of time, not just one meal, mm -hmm. but when we go through a season of fasting, we literally turn on this process at the cellular level so that our cells can be healed. And through consistent seasons of fasting, we can, we can rid our bodies of terrible sicknesses and diseases, cancer cells, things like that. And it's a God-given gift that hardly any of us, um, we don't get the benefit from it because we don't not eat long enough. Okay. It's so fascinating or fascinating. After I had heard you talk about it, I did a little bit of research and there's actually a, a gentleman who's won a Nobel Peace Prize, I believe, for his work in, in studying, studying that. So thank you for introducing me to that. Um, what would you say to somebody? Now, I know you talked about like one meal at minimum, but just say somebody's not fasting at all. They're not 
fasting like the first option, right? Pick a day or pick a meal, or they're not fasting a fasted lifestyle, as you call it. What would you recommend to somebody? How should they start? Well, you know, I would, I would start very simply. I would start with one meal. Um, and, you know, don't make it any more complicated than it is. I would also say get, get as healthy as possible. Like if you're, if you're eating and this is the American culture, you know, I know. Um, but if, if we're eating unhealthy, then it's going to be hard. If we, if we need, if we need so much caffeine and so much sugar, it, it makes fasting hard. So the cleaner that we can eat, um, the more benefit and the easier it's going to be to fast. So start with one meal. Just do that. Just just do one meal uh, every week and then add another meal the next week and then add another meal so that by the third week, you're fasting one whole day a week, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would also say start with the word. Fasting isn't just about not eating, okay? Right. So we have to start with the word of God, you know, pull out scriptures where people fasted in the Bible. What I am always reading uh, some sort of book on fasting out of the word of God, but also other books as well. This keeps me motivated. It reminds me, why am I doing this? So get into the word of God, pull out scriptures on fasting, dissect them, find out who fasted, when did they fast, how did they fast, why did they fast? This is going to become the foundation for your fasting journey. And then I would say start a journal. I know that this is a passion for you. Start a journal. Write down your feelings and your faith and your fears about fasting, you know, in our society, we are truly so fearful of fasting. People will say, you're going to kill yourself. You're going to starve yourself. No, going without one meal <laughs> a week, you're, you're not going to kill yourself. But that's just because there's such fear around fasting. Mm-hmm. It does need to be done in a healthy fashion. And I will say, talk to your doctor. I'm not a medical person. Talk to your doctor because a good doctor knows the health benefits of fasting and they will help you to start a fasting regimen that is that is going to help you where you are on your health journey. You know, we did our bodies didn't get this way overnight, right? <laughs> it took years for our bodies to get this way and it's it's going to take a season of consistent fasting to turn things around spiritually physically and emotionally. Um, So write down your feelings about fasting, scriptures on fasting, write down what God gives you, thoughts that he gives you, because you think you're going to remember it, but you won't. So write it down and then you can go back and you can see how far God has brought you on this journey. Um, And then um, I would say, you know, for me, not eating breakfast is the easiest thing. I know it's been pounded into our heads from when we were children that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. I would say the first meal that you eat is the most important meal of the day, you know, but you know, if you, if you stopped eating 
at 10 p.m. and didn't eat again until 12 p.m. lunch, right, the next day, you would have fasted for 14 hours. That, that makes it bite-sized where you can do it. And if you did this every day for a week, just missing one meal a day, you would have fasted 98 hours in seven days. Okay. Um, back it up a little bit more. If you stopped eating at 6 p.m. and you didn't eat till noon the next day, you would have completed an 18-hour fast only missing one meal. And if you did this every day for a week, you would have fasted 126 hours in seven days. All right. So it is, it's, if you take it in bite-sized pieces of time, it's doable and you don't have to feel panic over it. Um, and then of course I would say, spend time in prayer, right? If you're not eating that time that you would be eating, pray, Talk to the Lord. Um, replace that meal with a time of prayer. And then I would say be consistent. If you're going to miss one meal a week, then don't let anything hinder you from fasting that one meal. And if that's all you can do, that's fine. That's between you and God. Um, and, and we're talking about how to get started in fasting. So I would say, also, make healthier eating choices in your eating window. That's going to make fasting so much easier. And this last thing, there are a lot of things, but this last thing that I'll mention as far as how to get started fasting. Um, I know that a lot of people won't agree with this, but I say find a fasting buddy. You don't have a problem connecting with someone for prayer, a prayer partner, find a fasting partner. And I know that this flies in the face of a lot of people who believe that it is forbidden to even let anyone know that you're fasting. And I just, I disagree with that. I think this thought process comes from a misinterpretation of Matthew 6, right? Where Jesus was saying, when you pray, when you give, and when you fast, and he was he didn't say if you do these things. He said when you do these things. So if he yep. expects us to do these things. Um, but he was simply saying when you fast, like wash your face, comb your hair, don't put on old rumpled clothes and go out in public and 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 look pitiful. <laughs> right. Wow. Like you're suffering, like you're suffering for the kingdom of God. You know, get yourself together. You're not doing it to get attention from anyone else, because if you do that, that's your reward, right? But there is nothing wrong with reaching out to someone and saying, hey, let's pray and fast together for this season of time. God's people all through the word of God fasted collectively, mm -hmm. right? Yes. So, um, and we need we need to fast more and more and we need to bind together in prayer and in fasting for sure as we say as we see Jesus is coming closer and closer yes amen i like that find a fasting buddy and i i agree with you that that people have maybe in some cases taken that a little too far he didn't mean you can absolutely never tell anybody he meant don't make a show out of it. Right. Absolutely. Right. It, right. 
find a sense of self-righteousness and the fact that you are so suffering and, and so afflicted. I want to switch gears just a little bit. Thank you so much for everything you shared about fasting. It's very inspiring. And I think it's going to help maybe someone who listens to this or probably multiple people that haven't ventured out into fasting because like you said, maybe fear or just not sure how to start or where to start. I think it's really going to inspire them. And um, it's inspiring me to get back on the intermittent fasting bandwagon and live a little bit more of a fasted lifestyle versus, I guess for me, I've always typically done one day a week or, or longer. Um, you know, sometimes I'll do longer, but, um, and, and mostly three days, that's, that's kind of where I've been at, but it's something I want to grow in. And so I'm very inspired. Um, I want to switch gears just a little bit to Bible reading and prayer. Obviously, you know, Unedited is about helping people establish the habit of Bible reading and prayer. And I know you've mentioned incorporating that into your fast, replacing your um, meals with Bible reading and prayer, getting in the word. But how have they been a part of your journey, those two components? Well, so much a part of the journey. I don't think that you can do fasting well of fasting correctly without including, you know, God's word and prayer and then journaling helps in all of that. But, you know, God's word is our foundation for knowing him. Mm -hmm. And um, it's also our foundation for knowing anything uh, that pleases him. And so it's, his word by his word that we can understand what kind of fasting pleases him and what kind does. And I've already mentioned Isaiah 58, but, um, you know, I, I stay in the word, um, while I'm fasting, you know, it helps me. It has helped me to read who fasted in the Bible. You know, why did they fast? And when I, keep reminding myself by the word of God that this is something that God's people have done from the beginning of time. This is not a new thing and I don't have to be afraid of it. I spent a lot of years fasting, but dreading every single time and being physically um, anxiety ridden over starting a fast. But if you soak yourself in the word of God, that's going to take a whole lot of that fear and complication away. Um, and then journaling, you know, you're going to, you're going to, okay, this is another thing. <laughs> fasting, fasting, um, it makes us, it makes us very sensitive to the spirit realm. All right. You can fast and not pray and not read the Bible. Okay. And you're still going to become very sensitive to the spiritual realm. So if you do not back your fasting with Bible study and with prayer, with communion with the Lord, okay. Um, this, uh, uh, this is how a lot of people get off on wild tangents doing their own thing without God. <laughs> it's because they get these big revelations and this, this sensitivity to the spirit realm, but it's not truth. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're opening yourself up. You're diminishing your flesh. You're opening up your spirit to the spirit of God. That's what you want. But if you're not grounded in the word and grounded in prayer, then you can be met, you can be led astray. 
All right. So I do want to preface that is that Bible reading and prayer ground us and protect us while we're opening ourselves up to the spirit realm. And um, God is going to give you revelations. He's going now any revelation that he gives you is going to it is not going to contradict his written word. But he will share things with you when you're in a fasted state. You've been in the Bible. You're in prayer with him, praying in the Holy Ghost for sure. And you're going to want to write those things down. You're, mm -hmm. you're, you're definitely going to want to write those things down. You know, you don't have to have a fancy journal. I don't. Mine is a spiral bound notebook from Walmart. And I try to start a new one every year. It's not anything. I don't write fancy stuff like you do. Nobody's ever going to make a book out of it or anything like that. Um, but date your entries and write down anything. You know, you might copy a scripture or you might have been in prayer. The Lord shared a word, a phrase, a direction with you. Write it all down. Um, and then always, always stay in prayer, right? Because Fasting makes us sensitive to the spirit realm. We need to make sure that we're grounded in biblical truth and in communication with the one true living God in prayer. So good. That's so good. I love just, you know, how you said you have to back up Bible reading or you have to back up fasting with Bible reading and prayer because you're opening yourself up to the spirit realm. And if you're not, yeah. um, not, coupling them together you can be exposed to deception if you're not grounding yourself in truth so thank you so much for all of that I really appreciate everything that you've shared today um, it has been an encouragement to me just in closing is there anything we haven't covered that you would like to talk about or is there anything you'd like to um, just share with unedited listeners to wrap up this interview well, all the, all the disclaimers of everything that I've said, I'm going to try to fix everything that I've said in the last oh, few minutes. <laughs> don't fix anything. Um, it was all great. <laughs> um, you know, I, just a few points. I would just reiterate that fasting is not a diet. You know, if you're using fasting to simply lose weight, um, then you're doing a great disjustice to this spiritual tool. Um, weight loss will likely happen as a byproduct of healthy fasting, but that shouldn't be the goal, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, also remember that fasting makes you sensitive to the spiritual realm. So stay in the word, stay in prayer, adhere this, stay under your spiritual authority, allow your pastor, you know, to have access so that he can, he, you know, can tell you, okay, he can give you direction. That's scriptural. Stay under your spiritual authority. Um, and then also, I would say, again, start small. Your fasting journey is not going to look like mine. Mine looks severe to some people, and it looks like I'm cheating to others. If you allow yourself something, for instance, while I'm fasting, because I fast most every day, I allow myself non-caloric drinks. OK, um, if you allow something, uh, another point is some people take medication. They they can't take their medication on an empty stomach. Here's a fasting hack for you, um, because I take medication in the morning. 
I will take a tablespoon of olive oil or coconut oil to take medication with, mm. um, you know, it, whatever you allow, I'm not talking about Twinkies. I'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> something that's going to allow you to continue fasting. Um, that's okay. That's okay. Don't be hard on yourself for that. Okay. That's between you and God. Um, I would also say that be honest with yourself. If there are people with underlying eating disorders, and again, I'm not a medical person, you know, um, if you are binging or purging, or if while you're fasting, you're having thoughts about binging or purging, mm -hmm. or if you end your fasting with bin binging or purging, please talk to a doctor, please mm -hmm. talk to a healthcare professional and, you know, be honest with yourself and get a medical person involved. Healthy fasting should make you healthier. It not, should not do damage to your health. Mm -hmm. um, and I, and I, I think that's about all I, I will just again, reiterate this one verse, third uh, John verse two, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. So God wants us to be healthy spiritually, physically, and emotionally. And I believe with my whole heart, I believe that fasting is the answer. I know that it's not the only answer. You can't fast and leave the other stuff undone, but I think it's the best kept secret uh, in the church today. And we need to talk about it more and more and more as we see the coming of the Lord approach. Well, thank you for all of that. And thank you for your passion for it, for sharing. I'm looking forward to um, your book when that comes out. Um, I think that's going to be a great tool and a great resource for many, including myself. And so thank you again, just for everything that you shared. I really appreciate you taking the time um, to have this conversation and to help others in their walk with God. So thank you so much. Thank you, Sister Meg. It's been quite an honor. And um, if if I if I can get enough people to cover that book in prayer, that book, that writing process in prayer, then hopefully I can, me and the Lord can get that done. Um, it is definitely in its infancy, but you have given me uh, encouragement. So hopefully I can plod along and get that out. But this has been a wonderful opportunity and an honor. And thank you so very much. Your voice on the unedited podcast has been such a comfort to me and so many. So thank you for this opportunity. Oh, well, thank you. God bless you. I just want to say another great big thank you to Sister Pat Vick for everything that she shared in this episode on the topic of fasting. It's greatly appreciated. And thank you so much for joining me for this journey. I look forward to meeting up with you again next Friday. If you have questions, you can visit MegUnedited.com. For now, go grab your journal and your Bible. I so look forward to the power of this habit in your life. This is unedited. This is for you. Happy, happy Friday.